This is the Horse Radio Network. Welcome to Season 3 of the Horse Nutrition Podcast presented by Purina. In this season, best-selling author Lisa Waisaki, along with Purina's teams of Ph.D. equine nutritionists and some very special guests, take you on a journey through many jobs a horse can do and how to feed for each job. You'll come away entertained, along with advice and knowledge on how to best feed your favorite equine companions. I'm Lisa Wysocki in Ashland City, Tennessee. I'm an award-winning author, editor, equine clinician, and motivational speaker who trains horses for and consults with therapeutic riding programs. And I am your host for Season 3 of the Horse Nutrition Podcast, presented by Purina. We have a great show for you today with the story of a special horse who brings the history of the charo discipline to life for thousands of spectators just like you. We'll learn about this horse and about the history and the art form that is charo from Jerry Diaz. He's a Purina ambassador and fourth generation charo trainer and performer, and he's based in New Braunfels, Texas. Today we bring you the story of Bandito, a charo performance horse. Many weekends, Bandito experiences the bright lights of lasers and pyrotechnics and the roar of a huge, huge crowd, all the while performing the intricate movements of the charo tradition. You might have seen a charo performance at a big horse event. These are thrilling, thrilling performances that combine Western dressage, pageantry, history, and Spanish music. Charo horsemanship dates back to the 17th century and developed the customs, dress, music, and skills that were later borrowed by the American cowboy. A charo horseman or horsewoman might keep a horse in developmental training for five or more years, but the end result is a respectful, responsive horse that truly becomes your partner. And the best-known charo horseman in the United States today is fourth-generation charo and Purina ambassador Jerry Diaz. He's continuing charo traditions that his great-grandfather started more than 150 years ago, and he travels the country performing for thousands of people just like you. Today, he's going to tell us much of the charo tradition and of an unlikely horse who, through patience and good nutrition, became a superstar in his performances. First of all, Jerry, tell us what charo is. Tell us about the history and the art that belongs with charo. That's a uh, a beautiful word, charo, C-H-A-R-R-O. I am fourth generation charo. Uh, Lisa, my father, Jose Pepe Diaz, um, from Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. My father trained horses for the family of the president of Mexico, Lázaro Pancho Cárdenas. The charro is known for his horsemanship, his rope artistry, and there is nine events in a competition in Mexico. You have to at least do the minimum of three. Uh, Has to be a family man, a respectful person, a person that honors the horse, respects the horse, uh, it is the national sport of Mexico. It's way surpassed even the soccer. The charro is like uh, carrying the Mexican flag, representing Mexico all over the world. Uh, the wow. charro and the association is allowed to be almost like an officer, if you will. So not only as a horseman, but to be a charro, it's just not dressing like one. Very well respected as a horseman. 
very well respected with the rope. He should be able to work cattle, horses out in the open, as well as inside the arena. Now, you mentioned the rope, the riata, and I believe there's some history there, not just with the name, but just with, with the use of, of the riata, correct? Yes, ma'am. The riata uh, that the Mexican charro uses, or the riata in itself, uh, it comes out of, it's made out of the maguey plant. There's certain families of the maguey plant that use the fiber of this particular plant it is one of the most difficult ropes to maneuver in the world it can get very stiff once you put the dally and when i say dally that means to put a turn around the horn and think about having 60 feet 70 feet of rope in your hand and you have to slide as the rope through the horn on the tree and these trees are made out of mesquite wood it could go through your hand very very fast I'm just fascinated with all of this. Now, now tell me, Jerry, what kind of horse makes a good charro horse? Because you've been in this like from birth. So I'm sure you've worked with all different kinds of horses. But what makes a really good charro horse? The American quarter horse is your working cow horse. My father, when he performed uh, with Barnum and Bailey Ringland Brothers, he was one of the first charros to perform around the world. He used an American quarter horse. But he had a little touch of thoroughbred. Uh, my dad liked to uh, use quarter horses with a little cross of thoroughbred in there. He liked the the quietness of them, and then he mm-hmm. also liked the speed. The The American quarter horse is probably the number one horse right now to be used in the Charro Circle in Mexico. There was the million-dollar horse uh, this year just, just won the Reigning fraternity in Mexico won the million dollar circuit. He was an American quarter horse. You've used some other breeds as well, and you use them in your sh- in your shows and performances too. Absolutely, uh, we ride a Frisian horse uh, in the show named Rosario. My son Nicolas uh, rides a beautiful Spanish Andalusian. I ride an Andalusian, and my wife rides a Azteca. Uh, that is a quarter horse cross with an Andalusian. And I also ride right now one of my new and up-and-coming horses, Mila Mores. He's a golden palomino. He is an American quarter horse. But yes, I like to ride my Andalusians for the, like for the dancing, for the dressage movement. They're very uh, majestic, long manes and tails. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned an up-and-coming horse, and you know, I've read that you and other charo trainers, you can take five years or more to train a horse just to the point where you feel that that horse is finished. It takes years. Uh, This up-and-coming horse that I have, Mila Mores, is, again, I mentioned a golden palomino. He Mm -hmm. is a stallion. He just turned eight years old this year. And I took him for the first time to the National Western Stock Show and Rodeo. We did our Mexican Rodeo Extravaganza. We celebrated our 26th year. Oh, that's I've amazing. Performing, I've been performing for them 34 years. And amazing. the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo, he performed for the first time at the new arena, Dickies Arena for our 2020, and this was our 20th anniversary for the Best of Mexico Celebración at the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. And Mila Mores, he was outstanding. 
But you set your horses up. I mean, here's here's a horse who's eight years old. And in many yeah. other sports, for example, an yeah. eight-year-old horse would be done. And this eight-year-old horse is just getting started. We, we do have a covered arena. I do have some lights that are set up here at the ranch. Uh, we work sometimes at three, four o'clock in the morning. We do have speakers that we use for the horses. One of the most difficult things for me, uh, and it's it's been for my father, is in the show. You you are you are mounted on this horse. You're in the alleyway. All of a sudden, uh, the lights go out in the alleyway. When he comes out, it takes the horse thirty to forty five seconds before he can adjust his vision right. correctly because he cannot see at that moment. I have a hard time seeing up into the audience when the spotlights are on your face. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, I pretend like I see you, but I don't <laughs> see you. <laughs> well, and the horse's and, eye is so big, as you said, it takes 15 to 30 yeah. seconds to adjust. So, for, for yeah. sure. So that's when your homework pays off. And again, there's not a perfect horse. There's not a perfect rider, not a perfect trainer. They're animals, and they're only going to um, refer themselves back to that communication that you've always had with them. Falls back on you again. Now, Jerry, people who have seen your shows probably have seen you on a really flashy Palomino named Bandito. Tell us the story of how he came into your life and some of the really early challenges you had with him. Bandido came into my life when he was two years old. Bandido just celebrated his 21st uh, birthday just a couple of days ago. Bandido was a horse that was very tough, uh, very honoring. Uh, Bandido would try to buck you off. Bandido Mm. would try to flip backwards with you. Oh, my goodness. Bandido would pin his ears and try to bite you. Oh. Bandido, (laughs) Bandido, uh, that was the reason that I named him Bandido. (laughs) Uh, bandido at an early age um i wasn't sure which direction we were going to go with him a very stout strong minded strong uh very very powerful horse but there was something in him that i really really liked and i continued to work with him more and more and more and long story short bandido became my rock Bandido became the horse that had to travel uh, in the trailer with the other new horses because Bandido was the soldier. He was the leader. Bandido, if I was riding another horse or he was in the back pacing back and forth, uh, just being honorary. Once he entered the arena or enters the arena, Bandido turns into this this magical horse. He's probably been in the last 16 years of my life, one of the strongest, toughest horses that I've ever had. Well, and, and your dad, one of my yeah, best ones. Yeah. Didn't your dad give you some advice uh, when you first yeah. got him? What, what, what did your dad tell you? <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I had a feeling you were going to ask me this. <laughs> uh, when the horse turned three and a half, he said, son, you're going to have to make a decision. And my advice is we castrate Bandido. Either you're going to breed him or you're going to use him for your show. 
And uh, we castrated Bandido. And after that, he settled down like a lot and became one of my master horses. And I was so excited that my son, Nicolas, got to perform on Bandido as he was growing up. And still, we haul Bandido with us in all these major shows. He went with us this year on this first tour that we had in January and February. And just the fact that Bandido was there, everybody was happy. The average person, even a a professional trainer, would have thought a long time about working with a horse like that. And they're just, you just must have loved him so much and believed in him so much to continue despite all of his really, really bad and, and sounds to me like sometimes dangerous behavior. Very dangerous behavior. If you would try to go in the corral with him, he would turn around and try to come at you. Uh, he scared a lot of people. A lot yeah. of people didn't want to, didn't want to <laughs> even handle him when we were starting him out. They didn't even want to saddle him. They didn't want to put shoes on him, nothing. It, wow. was, it all came back to me all the time. He would he would yeah. just work with me. Um, but I knew that that horse, if I could get his mind to work under pressure uh, in the shows, he was going to become a horse, and he did. Yeah. And he's been the backbone of the Diaz family ranch, and now he's 21. He's uh, equine senior active. Uh, he looks like a 15, 16 year old, uh, just strong, powerful, ready to go horse at any time. We always keep him saddled, um, uh, in, in the alleyways with the other show horses, just in case something goes south. Mm-hmm. What horse comes in? Bandido. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just amazing that he has gone from being this, this dangerous horse that nobody would work with to this horse who is now kind of your mainstay who is your backup your go-to horse if anything goes wrong and i just can't imagine jerry over what 12 15 years the miles that horse has spent going to shows in a trailer i mean you must have hauled him a a bazillion miles yeah yeah we've uh been to canada all the way to quebec uh to edmonton to the stampede Maybe uh, think about it. I'm gonna say 15 times, uh, and he's wow. been right there between uh, New Brunswick, Texas. I mean that many times, and then west and east, so so many times that way as well. Yeah, and and for that can cause a lot of stress on a horse. And you know, again, I'm just amazed at the resilience that this horse has had, and he was able to pivot from you know being this really testosterone-laden stallion to to becoming this this steady Eddie horse who became a superstar. And I've watched videos of him on on your website and on YouTube, and and I mean, he is stunning. So, you know, Miss Lisa, you said something very important, and for the people that are horse people and for the people that are not, the road, it's not just for any horse. Um, they There's horses that are very good, but the road is tough on them, and, and then when it's time to compete or it's time to perform, it's very difficult for them, and they don't last very long. Yeah, It takes a very, very special horse. Number one, the nutrition of the horse is the priority to the horse being what he is. We feed a strategy to 90% of our horses. Even little glory uh, gets strategy. Uh, But this horse, now, this last maybe four and a half years, 
uh, equine senior active. Mm -hmm. uh, we feed the horses Outlast when the Outlast program came in from Purina. Uh, we don't travel without it. We, I highly recommend to all of the horse people that travel with their horses, young ones and old ones, the Outlast. And I'm just not saying this because I'm a person that, as the representative of Purina, um, I wouldn't say something that's not. The Outlast has been a magical product. Um, I love my strategy because it's consistent just about just anytime, anywhere yeah. uh, in this whole country, for sure. Well, that's it's just amazing. Uh, Bandito has an amazing story, and you have an amazing story, Jerry. I mean, fourth generation, and and sounds like your son is continuing in your footsteps and his ancestors' footsteps. And I can't thank you enough for sharing with us just just the pageantry and history and art that is Charo, and sharing with us Bandito's story. Thank you so much, Jerry. Where can where can listeners find you? They can find us on Charro Jerry Diaz. Uh, they can go to uh, Facebook. Charro Jerry Diaz is probably the best way to find us right now. We're going to move now to Dr. Karen Davison, an equine nutritionist, and she's the director of Equine Technical Solutions at Purina. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Great, great. You know, what strikes me here, Dr. Davidson, is that Jerry has fed Bandito since he was two years old and seems to have to um, have a really good sense of when to adapt his feed uh, to handle stressors, to handle aging, to handle anything that he needs to do. Um, how, how do you know when you need to change feed like that? Yeah, good question. And and Jerry is like a lot of a lot of horse owners have he has a wide variety of horses on his property and he loves our Purina strategy product and he's fed that for over twenty years. And so Bandito did eat strategy along with uh, most of the other horses when he was younger and did quite well. Um, we tend to begin to look at horses as they get into their mid to late teens and, and consider them more seniors. But, you know, with better nutrition and health care and management over the years, uh, what used to be a senior horse doesn't always appear to be a senior horse anymore. It's not really an age thing. It's more of a how are they managing with their current diet and activity level uh, kind of thing. Yeah. So we like, do evaluate them and, and make some changes depending on, on what's going on. Yeah. It seems like 20 is the new 15 and uh, horses are, are performing better and performing longer due to great nutrition uh, such as Purina provides. And it sounds like Jerry has really um, been able to, to be really on the cutting edge and on top of all of that for his horses. Sure. A few years ago, Bandito's wait, 20, 21 years old now. And just a few years ago, we talked to Jerry and, and reevaluated the program for several horses. And Bandito was one of those and still looked good on the current program. But we did want to give him the benefit of our two Purina Senior products, both Purina Senior Active and Purina Equine Senior, have our specific additive active age that helps support immune function in aging horses because older horses, similar to older people, as you age, your immune function is one of the things that does begin to decline along with other things. So even though Bandito looked good, he was getting to the age that, you know, he, he would 
likely benefit because he does get exposed to a lot of different horses and a lot of different environments. And so just to stay ahead of things, Jerry decided to be proactive and shift him over to the Purina Senior Active. And because Bandito is young for his age, he can still well chew and digest hay. So he didn't need to go to the Purina Equine Senior, which is designed to replace hay as well as the feed. So the Senior Active was a really good fit for him. Yeah. And is there anything physically that you look for in horses that you're evaluating to um, maybe make a, a feed change on an aging horse? I mean, obviously, if the horse is losing weight, but is there anything else that you look for that, that might be a good indicator that our listeners can also look for? Sure. The biggest thing for me, again, it's not a specific age when you decide, oh, that's a senior horse and we have to make a change. For me, I really begin to pay attention to them when they get to their mid-teens. But anytime a horse begins to not do quite as well on a feeding program that has been working. So you see a horse that I've been feeding in this for years, but now we're seeing some loss of muscle mass. Now we're seeing it's a little harder to keep weight on. Uh, Sometimes they get to be harder keepers. Sometimes they actually get to be easier keepers depending on their activity level. So you do watch the body condition, the muscle mass, and then working with your veterinarian, we really want to stay on top of their dentition and whether their teeth, because we all know those horses age, they begin to have more issues with their teeth or they lose teeth. And yeah, so as they begin, the teeth are such an important part of digestion. And when the ability to properly chew declines significantly, then we need to make adjustments in the diet. So the other thing that really comes to mind with Jerry and Bandito, and I'm sure this is true of a lot of our listeners, too, who travel and haul with their horses, is the whole stressor factor of um, being at a performance or going on a long trail ride and, you know, keeping that horse mentally fit and, and focused on whatever that horse needs to do. Do you have any recommendations on feed or a product for that? Sure. And, you know, when you listen to Jerry talk, you could almost just replace the word perform with compete. You know, for those of us who compete on horses, you know, what Jerry does is he travels and then he performs. And these horses perform night after night doing a a performance that is pretty high stress. And for the horse, it could be um, lots of activity, lots of things going on. So they have to be exciting to watch and they're beautiful and they have to have the energy to do that performance night after night, but they have to be mentally focused and they have to be a really happy horse that trusts their rider and trusts the environment. Jerry was one of the first places I felt comfortable or I, I, brought out last two when we were past some of the early testing and we felt comfortable bringing it out in the field because that's that's how Purina does things. We do a lot of research and we test to make sure a product works under the controlled situations in a research study. And then if it does, we go out in the field and we get people to use the products in real world situations. And Jerry has been a big fan since we've done that where you could see that Outlast just made some of these horses more comfortable and just a little more relaxed and not nearly as anxious. And so again, to watch Jerry's horses go year after year. And I've had the, I've had the pleasure of knowing Jerry for years. We've had over a 20 year relationship with Jerry and his family. And I've gotten to watch Nicholas grow up doing all these things. And 
Um, you know, Jerry mentioned that it takes a special horse and it takes a special nutrition program, but all that combined with a special program of a horseman, a horsemanship, and, and the care they take of these horses is just amazing. Well, thank you so much again, Dr. Davison. Thank you so much for joining us. It takes such an incredible horse to excel in a charro performance, complete with pyrotechnics and loud, energetic music. But in spite of a dubious start, Bandito developed into a charro superstar. His early years included a lot of the equine fight-or-flight instinct. But after being gelded, Bandito was ready to learn and ready to trust his human partner. Now, at age 21, Bandito serves as a teacher to his fellow equine performers. It's so good to know that a combination of good care and good management along with the right nutrition can unleash the greatest potential in every horse for whatever job they're focused on each and every day. Thank you for listening to the story of Bandito on the Horse Nutrition Podcast presented by Purina. If you missed season one or season two, you can go back on any podcast player and take a listen to all of the past episodes. You can learn more about Purina's many equine products at purinamills.com forward slash full rain. That's F-U-L-L-R-E-I-N. You can also take part in a feed trial. To learn more about that, just go to purinamills.com forward slash HRN trial. That's it for this episode. Tune in next time for another story of an amazing horse. <music>